Welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast with Joshua Latimer, where we discuss business, life, family, faith, struggle, fire, pain, and ultimately winning. It's time to take massive action. Look, I, I can't work harder on your life or business than you do. It's ultimately all on you. You know, God created all the food the birds would ever need, but he doesn't put it in their nest. You've got to go get it. 10 out of 10 people die. So how about doing something today that actually matters while you still can? You're a one-liner factory. No, I'm not. You're a one-liner factory. You just manufacture them. They're amazing. Okay, I'm ready. Are you ready? All right, let's go. I'm I'm done. I've closed out every window that could distract me. And I am ready to be embraced in your arms. And are we good for 30 to 40 minutes? I'm good until you tell me we're not good. Okay, cool. Just making sure. All right, here we go. Cheesy podcast intro time. Hey, my friends, welcome to the Quick Talk Podcast. Josh here. Today, I have a very special episode, and I don't say that like generically, like I mean it. This is my friend, Tony Grebmeyer. I can't wait for you guys to meet him, to hear his story, the struggles, the pain, the successes, and everything wrapped together. He's a very authentic guy. He literally knows everyone on planet Earth. I've known him a couple years through the internet, and I got to meet him for the first time in real life at Funnel Hacking Live this last March, and he's seven foot tall-ish in personality and in real life, as it turns out. Tony has a company called Ship Offers. It's been in the Inc. 5000 uh, for the past four years. It's an eight-figure business. He's crushing it on the business side, but he's also a, a dad and a podcaster and a friend and a networker, and he's got some crazy stories to share. Tony, thank you for coming on my show. Thank you for uh, the honor of being a guest on your, your podcast. It was awesome meeting you in Orlando. And uh, yeah, one of my all-around go-to people when I'm looking for that quick moment of inspiration to get me through the darkness, um, you provide it because you show me that uh, what's available is anything. And that's what I love. And that's why I was honored to be a guest today on your show. Oh, man. I, dozens of people are going to hear this show, Tony. I just want you to know that. It's going to be amazing. We're going to change. I'm just kidding. Uh, I appreciate you. And could we immediately dive into a synopsis of your backstory? And I'll give the bullet points and you can fill in the gaps, but you have a very, very successful company today. And as we work backward in time, uh, it wasn't always that way. I know we had some addiction issues. You had some suicidal thoughts at some point. You had all kinds of things. What happened between the beginning and where we are now and some of the stuff in the middle? Can you, can you tell us? Yeah, no, thank you. Um, First off, it sounds like something I don't want to order at a local restaurant. Um, it's not the special that I, I, I would want to take home, but it is what was special is that it happened to me and it allowed me to use kind of the story of my life to, to be the platform in which now I live from. And I hope this conversation with you, Joshua, or anybody listening, if you're going through a valley, just remember to keep going. Don't quit. Because I wanted to quit. And my story is really straightforward. Um, grew up in a small town in Santa Cruz, California. After you know college, I partnered up with two of my childhood friends. We started a company in 2001. It was called I-5. That's the parent company. Ship offers is the DBA. And we got you know really kind of into the game in the early 20s, made a lot of money on the internet. And they did everything they needed to do to kind of set themselves up for success Uh, put the money away. I spent a lot of money on drugs, alcohol, and buying really expensive things, thinking that would make me feel better inside. Um, Along the journey, you mentioned a little bit of the suicide thoughts. 
what really happened was from 05 to 08, um, I was separated from my wife who had married in 1998. And a couple kids later, I'm sitting like kind of like, I think in my midlife crisis thinking to myself, man, I've made millions. I've had fun, but I'm miserable. There's something inside of me that just is miserable. And uh, I got addicted to drugs pretty hard after multiple knee surgeries. Um, you wouldn't think that a pharmacist uh, would keep allowing you to fill a prescription when you just had one the week before. But that was the system. It's now changing. Um, and I abused anything and everything I could possibly put into my body. And um, on October 9th of 2008, in the moment of just kind of like, screw it, it's over, I started writing a, a suicide note on my phone. I was going to text it out to the world and say, peace out. I was separated. I was living in my apartment. And in the midst of writing that note, I, I received a phone call from my dear friend, John. And John uh, literally said, I'm coming to see you. And I was like, all right. And I went and put all my stuff away. And John came over and he gave me a hug. And in that moment, my life changed forever. And if you're listening right now and you're kind of like uncertain of one thing, let me tell you this. Your life has meaning and purpose, Tony. And whatever it is for you, it has meaning and purpose. And he hugged me and he embraced me. He loved on me and he told me we can get through this. And I sat and I listened for a couple hours and he left and I was still sitting there going, oh my gosh, like I can't believe I was just about to do that. And from there has started a, a resurgence in me. And it took me a couple months to finally get my act together and kick drugs and alcohol completely. But on uh, December 15th of 08, I walked into my very first 12-step meeting, and I've never picked up a drink or a drug since. And it's told me one thing and one thing only, that if I have the desire, you have the desire, you can change. And so now I'm a little bit healthier. I'm still a million dollars in debt. My marriage is still kind of like not perfect, right? 2010, we're getting things together. And all of a sudden, my business partners and I all decide one day to move to Colorado. So we pick up a business. It's pretty successful in Southern California and move it to Colorado plan ourselves here. And I land and I'm a million dollars in debt. I'm literally had a short sell my house. I had to drive my Mercedes to the dealership, hand them the keys. And they said, you can't do this. I said, I just did. There's nothing that you can come after me for because I don't have anything. So I can, you, it's kind of hard to pay with nothing for something. And, um, got through that last, uh, I think it was the 15th of 2015 of December, right around my anniversary. I paid off my last part of that debt. And have finally come up for oxygen after being kind of submerged in like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. I just need to know I'm not going to quit. And it's been one of the greatest gifts because I have a rock star partner right by my side. You know, I have two business partners at work and I have an amazing wife, somebody who I put through hell uh, for so many years. And we're coming up on 20 years of marriage. And, and, I, and I say it because she, she chose to walk through hell with me knowing that we could get through it together um, because I had the capacity to be honest finally in my life and with her. And we've been able to, to you know, inspire a lot of people to bring change to their lives. And that's kind of where I live each and every day is I have a choice, right? I have a step into my greatness or I can sit and say, uh, you know, I don't have anything. You know, I'm just going to stay in bed, pull the sheets over my head and go back to bed because there's nothing worth fighting for. So I, every day I struggle with who do I want to show up as, right? Because the, the same person's there. He's just now has new armor and he's equipped with better facts and he knows himself a little bit better. Um, and so coming up, uh, later in the year, I'll celebrate 10 years of sobriety. And what does that tell me that a guy like me whose life wanted to be over 
If he can change it, so can anybody who's listening and change anything about their life in any moment if they have the decision in their heart to make it happen. And that's literally what changed my life. Wow. Wow. I'm not even sure how to articulate my next couple questions that are swirling around in my head, but I'll start out with this. I know that you're friends with Sean Stevenson, and the reason I bring him up is I talked about him on my podcast because I heard him on Self-Made Man last week. And I remember that you knew him and he, he said something, he said a quote, like he said, the more aware you are of your own insecurities, the less power they have over you. And then the less aware you are of your own insecurities, the more power they have over you. I thought that was really profound, but to tie that in to, I guess my first question is before you had, you know, quote unquote, made millions on the internet and had quote, you know, the stuff and the fancy stuff. Did you struggle with this stuff then? Or did making money magnify maybe some things? weirdness that you didn't explore before you had money? How does all that tie together, you know, before you're uh, in that dark place? So two, two things. First off, Sean Stevenson is one of my coaches and mentor. I absolutely love the guy. I'm going to be heading to his event, 10K speeches, and um, just an incredible human being. Anytime you get a chance to spend with Sean is the time that you need to sit down, shut up, and listen to this guy because he shouldn't be here. And he'll tell you that. But he is here, and so uh, he has so much to offer and to give to the world, and I love, I love our conversations. Second, um, I wrote a post on Father's Day about my dad, and I mentioned growing up watching my dad. I admired him. Um, he had a lot of faults, just like I did and I do, and um, he had this kind of mindset of like, just put it on my tab. Like, so you'd walk into a liquor store, and they would have a tab for him, and go to the grocery store, put it on its tab, and... So I never saw my dad pay for anything, but I, I saw my dad have everything, right? Nice, nice house, nice car, go on nice trips, whatever. And I always said to myself, I want to be like my dad. I just want, I, I want that. That's success to me, right? And so what did I do is I, as an early kid growing up, I idolized that. That was my version of keeping up with the Joneses. I wanted that. And so I always knew that I wanted to become successful. My dad was a an incredible human being. He had a good heart and a good soul, but he had those demons too. And um, so what I didn't see was him make a lot of money and then lose it and then make a lot of money and lose it. But that's what happened. So all I saw was everything was good. But what I didn't see behind the scenes was that, you know, he'd come home every night and he would be like, I don't know how to deal with my life. And I would see him drink. And so if you model somebody, you really need to model everything, right? That's at least what I thought. So what did I do is I, I modeled my dad so well that I never learned how to save money. I didn't know that people didn't have one drink because I go, that's weird. Like I needed multiple drinks because I wanted to change the pain in my head because I started experiencing some of the, the setbacks that I didn't know I was having in my life and my business is because I didn't have a foundation that was built very strong. I didn't have finances in order. My relationships weren't in order. So everything was kind of a, a distraction for me. And so um, my business partners been able to save all their money and I haven't. And I, and I've learned so much. I just was sitting down talking to a financial planner last week. Like I'd never would have thought it would have taken me almost 17 years in business to be sitting down with a financial planner. But when you're a million dollars in debt, it's the last thing that you're thinking of, right? I, the same, same mindset that got me into debt, got me out of debt. And I don't tell anybody to do that. Like if, if you're in trouble, reach out to somebody who has something that you want, ask them if they'd be willing to sit down with you and talk to you and guide you, teach you, help you, show you the way. I mean, 
geez, if, if I had what I had today and I knew it back then, I would have just Googled like how to get out of debt the easiest way and read an article, go to YouTube, watch a video. But I struggled. I just went through it all. So financially, I took really bad advice because it was mine. Today, I tell people to seek advice from rich people, not poor people. Yeah, and there's a huge difference. Like there are different skill sets to generate revenue, to be charismatic. I mean, you're, you have God-given abilities to network and connect. You're really funny. You've been a professional radio host. You, you just, you're, you're just showered in talent, Tony. And generating revenue is is one thing, uh, but this is a totally different type of skill set. Is that what you're saying? To keep it, one hundred percent. I mean, I don't, I don't. You look, I, I, I've never been afraid to knock on someone's door and ask them if they want to buy something. I've never been afraid to pick up the phone and ask, hey, would you be willing to um, donate some money to a great cause? Hey, would you be willing to support me on my venture to get to Russia when I was in the 80s? I wanted to go play water polo. Like I was never afraid and still not afraid of asking um, for things, right? But I was, and I still am, really hard about asking stuff for myself. Mm. Right. I, th- so I think I, a lot of my business partners can came in to that. Don't, don't what'd you, you say? I, th- I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs, I, I almost wonder if it's, and maybe I'm reaching, but like this whole idea of like self-sufficiency or because we quote unquote have a business where we think we're supposed to have all the answers. Like Alex Sharfin told me something because <laughs> he basically gave me a verbal beat down when I met him a couple months ago for the first time. And I, I told him I was frustrated because I couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong to like get our software company from like a couple two three million in revenue up to ten, which was my goal. And I'm like, I just said I can't figure it out. I can't figure it out. And he looked at me. He's like, Not only aren't you going to figure it out, you're not even supposed to be the one to figure it out. And I was like, Whoa! Like that. That blew my brain apart. I'm like, No, no, no. I'm supposed to be the guy that has all the answers, right? But that's not even wisdom. That's not even the right way. But I, it's a self-imposed pressure, at least for myself. Can you relate with that? 100%. Hey, you remember in Empire Strikes Back, Luke Skywalker is being trained by Yoda, right? Mm-hmm. So that's like you and Alex Sharfin, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you're being trained and all of a sudden he drops one of these like, mm, you must unlearn what you have learned. <laughs> Right. And you're like literally sitting there looking at him with that face going, what the heck did you just say? And I remember talking to you right after that conversation that you had with Alex and coming back from that event. I remember it. We were talking and you were like, oh, my gosh, like he he just he just destroyed me. (laughs) Yes. Well, my first my my visceral fleshly response when he said it was like super defense mechanism, anger, like, no, I'm awesome. I will figure it out. But thank God it lasted for like less than 60 seconds and I just like humbled myself and was like holy crap I'm pretty sure I just had a major milestone mind bomb get dropped into my head and and it was I've talked about it like 600 times on my show because I I try to be as transparent as I can on the show and kind of like share my journey but um, this idea with small business that you have to figure everything out you're supposed to have all the answers or if you're the most successful person in your family this is another one uh, there's even more pressure you're not allowed to show weakness. You have to be this genius, you know, person or something, and it's it's impossible. It's impossible, right? You know, Joshua, I got to I got to admit something to you that may or may not be what we need to hear. But I choose today to be the stupidest person in planet Earth when I walk into a networking meeting, an office building, because if I show up every day as a teacher, 
I'm not going to be open to learning. But if I show up every day as a beginner, be willing to learn today, man, my days just work so much better. Oh, that's good. That's really good. You talk a lot about like excuses too. And when I first had connected with you, it was on your a podcast that you don't have anymore. You have a new one and we can talk about that in a minute too. But you had this little Facebook group called Destroying Excuses and you were developing a product around that and stuff. What was your... What was the intention behind that? Uh, one of your quotes is, well, if you can identify your blind spots, you can destroy your excuses. So how does that play in our heads and what do you mean by that? Well, most of us are walking around not knowing our blind spots. And so if you gain awareness, and usually awareness comes from your f- friends and family because you've never slowed down. That's what that's what Alex got you to do was slow down for a moment. The moment you slowed down, you got off the roller coaster and I like to call it, you got back into the line of life. So if you got blind spots and you're not doing anything about them because you don't know anything about them, you're just operating like you're just got into the roller coaster Monday morning and Friday you got off. Mm. But if I get you into the line of life, then what Alex said to you, what our conversations are like, then it means that you're open to kind of awareness and you're, you, you build anticipation and excitement. And yeah, you have your ups and your downs, but you get to dream again. So many of us are stuck in our blind spots. You're, it's only a blind spot one time. So when I say to you, hey, you know, every time you pull out of your driveway and you don't look over the right and you're going to hit that car that's coming, you know, and you, you hit it, you're like, yeah, I know I did it one time. You'll never do it again because now you'll be able to check all of your mirrors. You'll pause. You'll step up to the line and you'll, you'll check before you move. Now, here's what happens. You can get back onto the roller coaster, even though you have that blind spot. And leave your driveway and go right and not even stop and do it again. And that tells me that I need to step back. And that's when I need to pause in my life. So what I've done is taken a bunch of people in my life that are my kind of like my vision board. They're my vision board for helping me to get to where I want to go. Like I'm a cheerleader for them. They're a cheerleader for me. We're supporting each other. And I have I have Sean's on my board. I was texting with Sean this weekend. Uh, my good friend Vinny Fisher, like He's on a vacation right now and we're texting back and forth from Jerusalem and we're talking, right? Where he's asking me, how am I doing, right? Because he knows that I've been kind of going through this weird season. And so you have to surround yourself with counsel. John Livesay is another wonderful friend of mine who, you know, texting back and forth about his TED talk that he recently did and, and how that was so important to me to hear it. So I have to surround myself with so many people so that they can come to me and go, Tony, you're doing it again. I'm like, doing what? They're like, you're making excuses when I know that you don't want to, but I need to help you so that we can get you out of that spin cycle, right? Nobody wants to stay out forever on a roller coaster. If you did, I think you'd get sick. Mm. So if I can get you off of the roller coaster, which is a trap anyways, and I can get you back into the line, which most people try to avoid with a fast pass. They just want to go from thing to thing to thing. Slow down, get into the line again. You know, Joshua, I'll ask you this question. When I think of, about you and I going to a theme park, do you want to ride the rides or do you want to spend time in line? Because no one's talking when you're usually on a roller coaster. That's a really interesting insight. I mean, I think I have that thrill seeker side of me, but the idea of staying on the roller coaster forever is, is, is horrifying, so I don't want that. So let's say you and I get back into – Pick a theme park from Orlando to Disney. Just pick it really quick. Cedar Point, Ohio, which is so generally tell me about a boring ride. state, but Cedar Point's awesome. Tell um, me a ride that you really like. When I was in high school, there was a ride called the Magnum. It was this beast, ginormous roller coaster. 
Usually, how long was the ride itself? Like maybe 90 seconds or something, something like that. How, was the, how long was the line to get onto it? it? Honestly, without exaggerating, it was about three hours for that. Last time I went when I was a kid, yeah. And you know, the whole time, if you take me back there for a moment, were you usually like checking your watch, but you were excited. You're like, oh my gosh, this ride's going to be so awesome. Like it's our fourth time today. That's really like you spent 12 <laughs> hours at the theme park, rode the ride four times. But you're usually in line with somebody like your friends or family. Mm-hmm. You probably put sunscreen on. So you're taking care of yourself. You probably have eaten. So you fed yourself. You're like talking a little bit about, hey, what have you been up to? You're, you're like you're building up kind of a conversation and also anticipation, right? Yeah. So the exactly. moment you go back to getting into that ride, you, you get strapped in, you put your seatbelt on and 90 seconds later, it's over and you're like high five and you're like, let's go do it again. That's that's why you get into line, the line is so you can build up enough anticipation to go do it again. That is like beyond fascinating, Tony. That is money right there. That is so true. Do you know Myron Golden by chance? Mm-mm. Okay. Well, he's he. That's a different conversation, but he's a beast. But he talks about the difference between anxiety, or you know, anxiety isn't even really a thing. It's more. It's what he call he defines anxiety as. A fearful anticipation of an undesirable future outcome, which is a mouthful. Mm. But but what we need to have, because he walks with a level of certainty, like in his call, he he is such a beast in business and so gifted and stuff. But I'm like, how are you so certain? It's because he forces himself to have what he calls joyful anticipation of a desirable outcome. And with the roller coaster, like you're just you're replaying in your head over and over for three hours how awesome it's going to be when you get on there and you create a self-fulfilling prophecy for yourself and then when you're on it you consume and enjoy every single microsecond of the entire ride which but but it's because what you said which is the joyful anticipation of this desirable future outcome i just think that's fascinating what do you think well i do have you ever gone to a fast food restaurant right you probably have done it sometime in your life and you get a burger or something to eat, and about ten minutes later, you feel like crap. Uh, yes, about and you say to yourself, times. "Why? Why do I keep doing that?" Yeah. <laughs> Why so do, do you really I? want to know? Yes, because that's fix not a me. blind spot. Fix me, help. Right? It's not a blind spot. You do it because it's your patterns and your habits. You just trained. You just trained yourself to get into that routine. So. Change takes change. So if you want something to change, then you have to tell yourself, what am I willing to get give up to go up? Right? So Ooh, we have to wait, replace. wait, 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 wait. What do you have to give up to go up? Right? That is awesome. Okay. Right? So we're just going to stair step our way to success today. So if you know that eating McDonald's doesn't serve you but maybe 10 or 15 minutes, what would serve you? That would last a lot longer. That would be better for you and fuel you so you could go f- go f- chase your dreams more. So you could work on your business more. So you could get off from 5 o'clock instead of normally like 8 o'clock from your office job and go home and spend more time with your family. Because that's what should be fuel- fueling you to go work, right, is that you're chasing something. We all chase something. I- I've never met somebody on planet Earth who doesn't chase anything. Even Jesus chased people. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we all chase something or someone oh man you've ever read the book wild at heart yeah i was at um wait you know that guy too are you serious yeah so we went up to the mountains not too long ago and uh spent a weekend like literally for me i I was telling somebody last night it was the most powerful weekend 
to go sit with a bunch of men. There was 14 of us. I think there was 475 men who, who literally got a chance to go sit. John Eldridge just did an incredible job. It was mastery at work. And I didn't want to come back down the mountain. And the whole time that I was there was a statement that kept showing up in my head. As a business owner, you think you have to do it all yourself. Like you do. Like no one can do the job better than you. So get out of the way and let me go do it. Well, that's awesome one or two times. And that goes into the blind spots again too. That's one or two times. But you haven't created a copy and paste mindset. You haven't created a duplication system that anybody can copy because no one can copy you because there's only you. There's only one of you. So I'm sitting there in the auditorium, John speaking. We, we watch Braveheart, some clips from other movies. And we had a little quiet time and we got to write kind of where you're at on your journey. And I said, where I'm at on my journey is that I put God second in my life and I kept the control myself because I don't think anybody can do it better than me. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be religious to follow this. Where in your life can you help train somebody to help you so you can get out of the way so you can get back to doing the things in your business and life that you love doing, not things that you're stuck doing. And that's where drainers and drivers came into play. Because mm-hmm. so many of us are consumed with a bunch of drainers. But when we thought about that business idea, window washing company, you know, automotive repair shop, whatever it may be, you had passion and excitement about it. And somewhere along the way, we got stuck on the roller coaster and stopped building up anticipation and excitement. And so now I'm back finally in the line of life, came back down from the mountain, more inspired to kind of pursue my passion, bring more people along on the journey. And it's only been six weeks and we have a bunch of prayer warriors and people just talking more men, you know, needing to be the fathers in the home. Cause I, I didn't have a dad at my house. My parents divorced. So my dad left. And so my mom was really kind of filling in as my dad, you know, and that's not her role, Mm -hmm. but she didn't know what to do because it kind of happened in her life. So if we're not careful, the people around us are just living out what they were taught. And, and we, we follow the people because we think that's what we're not supposed to do. And reality is, is that I needed to get back to my God center. I need to find my hole again in my life and fill it with a thing that was supposed to be there for me. And that, that goes in alignment with my 12 step program that goes in alignment with my covenant that I made my wife at my marriage that, that goes into that whole thing about becoming partners with somebody is that you have to get through stuff in life together and I can't rely only on myself. Now, I have some God-given talents, but they can only take me so far because when I'm broken and weak like I was on October 9th of 2008 when I wanted to kill myself, I truly believe God intervened and sent an angel to knock on my door. Mm-hmm. Wow. So I know for a fact that going up the mountain was is the climb. What's the climb in your life right now in your business that needs you – To destroy some excuses that you've been holding yourself back because you're afraid of what? The uncertainty of the unknown? Well, let's get you uncomfortable again because you're too comfortable in your life. And so that's the whole reason about taking people and getting them off the roller coaster trap and putting them back into the line. So I just say, don't skip the line. The line is where we do life. We're doing life right now. You stop my routine and I stop your routine. Even if you're like, well, interviews my routine. I'm like, yeah. But we're stopping kind of the way that the routine works. We got on an hour early. You said, hey, can you go faster? Yes. Can we, can we 
can we talk about this? I changed up your routine and you changed up my routine. That's the line of life. Find more moments to spend doing this with people and watch how your business and life gets better. My goodness, Tony, you are just unbelievable. Um, I'm shocked that you know John Eldridge as a side note, but he said this quote. I don't know for sure if it was in Wild at Heart, but the idea is that men will seek adventure in their life one way or the other. And so if you're not going towards something, and this ties back a few minutes ago, you had made a comment. Uh, if you're not going towards something in an upward direction, in a positive direction, then you will create chaos or self-sabotage or whatever. No matter what, we will live a life of adventure, whether it's good or bad, basically. And to me, that's self-evident. And when I work with small businesses, especially the, the types of businesses I work with, maybe it's true in your universe too with you know internet marketers and stuff, a lot of these people, they didn't start their company in an effort to move towards something they want. Instead, they're moving away from something they didn't want. And I, I just I have this gut feeling that that plays a huge role, which is why I'm always encouraging people to get really clear on why are we doing this in the first place? Why, why, why are you getting out of bed again? What, like, what was your original outcome? Like, who are you trying to serve, right? Um, because as you learned, and everybody learns, and I've learned, uh, the stuff, the money, the whatever, it doesn't change anything. It kind of just amplifies the holes or the strengths that were already there. It's like a magnifying glass, right? Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? I love it. I think it's really, really true. Um, you know, you, 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 you said the statement of like, why did you get out of bed today? Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I actually like to go deeper than just the norm. Like, Oh, I got a job. Cool. No, you got out of bed because something is, is calling you. Now, maybe that's temporarily your job. Or maybe there's something underneath there that I invite you to look a little deeper at. So here's what I mean. I didn't get out of bed today to, to be with my wife. I didn't get out of bed to do this interview with you. I didn't get out of bed to come to the office today. I didn't get out of bed to go for a walk. I got out of bed today because I made a commitment to myself that I need to be exactly the person that I want to meet along my journey. And I need to be around people who want to contribute to making the world a better place. I took Gandhi's quote, the change I wish to see in this world, and it made it my mantra for living a life. So I get out of bed every single day so that I can be helpful and be of service. So now when I do spend time with my wife, I'm 100% present and clear, and we're surrounded by the freedom of the choices we've made backed by everything that we've done to put ourselves into this position. So when we're together, it's like nothing else matters. So anytime I have a conversation with people, I say, hey, oh, you're talking about your wife or your kids. They're not here, so let's not talk about them. Let's talk about you, and then I want you to talk about them. Mm. So I got out of bed today for contribution. So then when I went on my walk this morning at 5.15, I got to watch the sunrise today, and I got to spend time with God walking and just kind of getting an awareness around my life and where it's going and where I've been I, I remind myself I get to do that today because I made a very powerful choice to put health as a priority in my life. Then when I kiss my wife goodbye and head to a meeting this morning to see some really amazing people celebrate milestones in their life, I get to do that today because I made a decision that's impacted my life and the lives of my wife, my kids, my mom, my dad, my sister, my brother, all the people around me, my business partners. All right, cool. So I'm doing that. So I have to remind myself, if I am I my word today, am I being my word in all things that I'm doing? So then when I show up on this interview, I'm 100% with you. There's nothing else. There's no outside universe or anything else pulling me away from you. My intention is set on being contribution. 
It's the only reason why I got out of bed today. Let me ask you a question about that. I, I'm trying to craft a question from the perspective of maybe somebody that's listening to this show, right? Because the fact is, Tony, you're very successful. You're incredible with your words. You're articulate. Your company does huge amounts of revenue compared to 99.9% of people on the earth, right? You're in the Inc. 5000. You have all this stuff. Yes, you've had pain and struggle, but some of the stuff you talk about, like, they want to be intentional. They want to be a good man. They want to climb the mountain. And maybe this just ties directly into excuses, but how do you do that other than just raw willpower? I, I just know for myself, I feel like I get willpower fatigue, right? And so it almost feels like a burden or like I feel like I'm failing because I'm not perfectly whatever. And I'm not always present with my kids and my wife. And all the stuff you said, it's like this mythical thing. At least it feels like it. Even even to me, somewhat, when you're talking, especially someone who has massive self-limiting belief or whatever, they haven't completed their journey, in a practical level, how do you even begin to actually execute mm. on that stuff when it just feels totally overwhelming? What do we... All right. Let me, let me, let me stair-step it down. We're going to come down the ladder one notch. Someone said this to me, and I figured it out, and I've been able to use this for motivation. There's nowhere to get. I'm exactly where I said I wanted to be doing exactly what I said I wanted to be doing. And if it's not what I want to be doing, then what do I need to do to change? So that's number one. Number two is we need to stop comparing ourselves to people and start having compassion for the people around us, where they're at in their journey, what they're up to, how they're, how they're surviving the day. So I had to stop myself in my path and in, in my journey and say, I need to check my pulse. I just need to figure out this guy, this is the only person on planet earth I'm responsible for of understanding truly who he is and then talking about him to the rest of the world, right? I, I don't know what's in my wife's head because it's not where I live. It's hopefully where I am is in her heart. So I had to do something for myself, which I haven't been able to do very well. I have a lot of, of limiting beliefs, self-talk, negative introspectives, like things that have gone on in my life. But that took me to where I got to on October 9th of 2008. And what changed was when I had the desire to change. So if you have no desire to change, then there's nothing wrong. You're just where you're supposed to be. But if you have a desire inside of you to learn more, to become a better person, to learn how to become a, a better saver or a better husband or a better friend, screw destroying excuses. Just commit. To actually being open, as I stated, to becoming a beginner, being teachable today, right? Joshua, I have to become a beginner when I get in an interview with you. You're super talented, well-spoken. Yes, you know a lot of people too. So I, I appreciate all the accolades and the kind words, but the reality is we, we are connected for a specific reason. And my job isn't to figure that out and neither is yours. So when I stop, when I stop comparing myself to others – and I have compassion for them and their success and where they're at on their journey. And I come from a place of suggestion, not like you need to do this. And if you don't do this, you're, you're going to hell, right? And I just need to have compassion because I've been there. I've been through the shadows. I've been through the valleys. I've climbed out. I'm maybe, maybe a step, maybe step today, one day closer to where I don't want to go, right? In some areas of my life. And so I'm working on making sure that I overcome some of those things that sometimes cause me to be held back. I mean, I'm still the kid who can pull the sheets over my head at six o'clock in the morning and when the alarm's going off, not want to get out of bed. 
right? But I have to remember that I have to be my word. And there's something that I think that we should talk about that a lot of people as small business owners, business owners of any size avoid, which is asking for help and then taking the suggestions that they receive and actually doing something with the information, right? I've, <laughs> Yeah. I have witnessed so many of your Facebook lives. I've seen you speak at conferences. I've seen you from stages share the importance of what what you do and how you make an impact and how you use your stories and your journey to inspire other people on their journey with your stories. However, if we don't take time to reflect, just reflect where you're at on your life. Like we're all on our own journey. We're unique meaning that it's unique to us. Um, so where are you on your journey? And do you have a vision for your life? Do you know what is important to you? And if not, then why don't you start putting those things down? If they become important to you, put them down and just start journaling on, journaling on them. There's, there's no perfectness in this world, so stop worrying about trying to be perfect. And the most important thing is go back to Yoda, right? Hmm, do or do not. <laughs> there is no try. Oh, right? your Yoda is on point. That is incredible. Oh, my gosh. Thanks. You just have to do it if that's what you want to. Right? I, I so think you're you, totally right. And I also like, oh, man, like, and tell me if you disagree. That would be awesome for a podcast. But I don't think you will. But maybe. I'm totally going to disagree. Whatever so, you say, I'm, I'm going to be the no man. No man, no. Well, have you ever heard the phrase like the taller the, the building, the deeper the foundation, right? Like. The people I know that are actually more outward focused, contribution focused, are the more successful people. Now, there's not a blanket statement, but I've I've been shocked to realize like these people that are crushing it and that I looked up to, like they really care about other people, and there's a correlation there. But there's also pain. There's some sort of weird, horrible, dark pain that happened to these people, and I that's like digging out the foundation to make the skyscraper taller or whatever, and. Maybe for the young business person that hasn't, you know, hit the brick wall yet because their thinking is off and they're not aware yet. Maybe they don't want to change because they haven't had enough pain yet. And I'm not wishing pain on someone, but there's massive benefit in it. And I know I've had massive, massive financial pain in my life and business pain and horrible decisions and all kinds of stuff. And I can authentically say that I am, I know less right now than I did when I was 18 years old, right? Because I thought I had it figured out. And uh, I think that's a piece of it. And the reason you, people like you are motivated is because the heart to serve and contribute is real. It's 100% real. Although I know lo when you're at a lower level of thinking, it seems like, no, that couldn't be the case, right? And uh, at least where I grew up with you know, the blue collar, non-entrepreneurial people, all rich people are evil and all high achievers are, have an ulterior motive. It's actually the opposite. At least that's what I've found. What do you think about that? So I'm going to disagree. Really? So I'm going to do it for a specific reason because I want it to be really, really clear for oh, your audience. Man. This better be good, Tony. Your audience is my people. And I hope I'm, I'm the person listening. You can relate to this statement that's going to come out of my mouth. No matter where you're at on your journey, all people struggle. The, per the people you see on f you know, fake lives and, and fake book and <laughs> Instagram and Twitface and all these other like platforms, they all struggle. No one – I've never, I've never met a perfect person in this world and I've never met somebody who hasn't had struggle in their life. The problem is we're just not asking the right questions. And here's why I know this to be true. That because I've been around so many successful people, I've had a lot of behind the door <laughs> kind of conversations where they say, hey, you know, look, me too. Man, I screwed up. I, 
I had this problem. I did this. Um, I've struggled with debt. I'm still in debt. And, and so what I don't like is to see the world as being one-sided. That's why all of my Facebook posts are public. Like, call me out. Like, I, I have made so many damn mistakes, even recently, where I tell somebody I'm going to do something and I fall flat on my face and I forget to do it. And I can't blame that on Alzheimer's because that's not what it is, right? I can't blame that on anything other than I overcommitted and I need to work on it. And that's my awareness and that's me getting back into the line of life so I can do something about it. And the second piece that I want to remind everybody is that you have greatness inside of you. You were created for a specific reason and it's up to you to find your purpose and your meaning in your life and challenge yourself, ask tough questions, attend seminars, go to a workshop Joshua puts on, like actually do the work that you've been avoiding. Like your fear is not false evidence appearing real. Your fear is real. You just need to own the fact that you're afraid of maybe doing something about it because you're uncertain about what the outcome would look like. Well, let's just pretend from right this point right now that you don't do anything and a year later, you're at the same exact point. Well, awesome. Congratulations. What happens if you would have done something about it? I wonder where you would be in a year. That's why I got out of bed. That's the whole dream that's alive inside of me is going, okay, I'm not where I want to be. I'm happy, but I know deep down inside there's something calling my meaning and my purpose to be exposed more to the world. And I want to I have my podcast heard in more languages. I want to write my book that's been inside of me since I was a little kid. I want that story to come out so one person doesn't have to go through hell like I did to get to where they're at today, that there's hope for them. Like I'm pushing out my new journal product that I'm releasing to the world, like enjoy the journal because I want people to get back to putting their thoughts from their mind down on paper because if I can get out of my head and into somebody else's heart, I'm in a much better place. What, what's the problem, Joshua, is that most people are stuck and they don't know it and so they have no clue how to fix it. And it's really the simple steps that people have to get back to is do you want change? Well, the response you had in disagreement makes a ton of sense because in my original rant – I kind of implied that people that achieve more success did it because they had pain, but you know you're right. Everybody has pain, right? So if it's not just the 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 existence of pain that propels you forward, then it's I think what you had said earlier, which is the motivation. So let me ask you this question: Before it got as dark as it got on October 9th, two thousand eight, I think you said the ninth. Um, did you have a mission? before then? Did you have a calling in your life that you were aware of before then? Did it change? Uh, and how did that play into what happened? No, I had no vision for my life. So I was existing. Hmm. Just existing. There's nothing wrong with existing, right? I didn't know right from wrong. I didn't know I was doing something bad. Then I look back on my life and I'm like, well, did I really know I was hurting all of these people? No, because I didn't give two shits about these people. Because I only cared about me. My ego was so big, right? Um, and that's really where, um, you know, there's there was a moment in my in my kind of separation in life when I told my my kids for the third time, Daddy was leaving. And I remember my my oldest at the time, I think he was six, Ethan, said, "Dad, you used to be the strongest man I know, and now you're the weakest." Ooh. And since getting sober. I've never forgot that statement. I've never forgot that. And that's in the back of my mind when I go to do something today um, where I kind of am like, hmm, what would, what would Ethan think? What would Owen think? What would my wife think? Mm. What would my sponsor think? 
you know, if my dad's looking down from heaven, would he be proud of me or my grandfather or my grandma? I think differently today because I think going through what I went through, getting to this point today, um, I'm just more aware of what I'm saying and doing and making sure that I'm working on becoming a better version of myself than I was yesterday. That makes a ton of sense, man. I, I'm so grateful that you're so open to this stuff, you know, because we could have done a podcast and we could have talked about business stuff and how you got this big deal and then you went from one to five million and then to ten and then, but what a useless amount of value that would have been compared to this conversation. And I mean that and I'm super grateful. And Well, I hope we talked a little bit of business because I think what I talk <laughs> about is applicable to anybody in any path that they're on in their life. Right? It is, but we went deep down the vulnerability rabbit hole of epicness. For you, and whether you think it or not, because you're super Mr. Humble Guy now, people look up to numbers, even though it doesn't really make sense to do it. They just kind of do it. And I think it's really, really valuable for everybody. So you're a business guy. Maybe you can help me because, you know, I told you I suck with finances. So let's say we went from making $13 million a year to $17 million a year mm-hmm. um, in one year. Would that look good or bad on when I just first stated to you, that would look good. Cool. What would be really, really bad about that is if during that time span, I didn't make any more money. That would what be would bad. you then say? That would be not as good as originally thought with the further information. So that's why when you look at businesses in life and you see their numbers, you don't really know the story. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing about the fake books and all the other stuff is that people project their image the way that they want the world to see them. But in reality is the reflection that we see in the mirror is the one that I have to work on every single day. It's true. And the reflection that I saw the previous 10 years to the reflection I see today, I can finally look at the guy in the mirror and smile and laugh and look at him and say, I love you. I couldn't do that before because I didn't like the way I felt inside and, um, I was a fraud and, you know, not in the, the sense that I was defrauding people, but in kind of in a weird way, I was defrauding everybody around me because I didn't allow them to connect with the real person that I've been all my life. And I got lost along the way. And so I think the last thing that I would tell you, Joshua, that I would tell you that I hope anybody on this show, uh, gets is like a, like a jewel, something that they can take and use today is, Find your compass again and find you the direction that is the most true for you. And go in that direction knowing that you have done everything and anything possible to be the best version of yourself and that what you do matters and that you're leaving a legacy for somebody to follow. In the digital age, everything we do is available online. Even if you delete it, somebody else has archived it. So just remember that as a small business owner, that you have an impact Every single time somebody calls you, you you answer an email, you provide a service, you do something, you have the opportunity to impact the world and that you do matter and that we wouldn't be where we're at today if it wasn't for small companies. I use them all the time. I'll go to Thumbtack and say, I need a local contractor. Come to my house. I don't want the big outfits. There's no passion and care. It's just number crunching. I want the person who I actually get to know and I've had work done recently at my house and yesterday I texted him and I said, happy Father's Day, Derek. I said, I'm really grateful that I've gotten to know you over the last six months because small business matters and it's the heartbeat of America. 
we need more small business owners because that means there's a lot of people chasing their dreams and I want to support that. Yeah. Yeah. I call them blue collar entrepreneurs and the people that listen to this show, like it's funny because really little companies try so hard to appear big, but then when they get big, they try really hard and spend a lot of money to appear small <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> because of the reason you just said. And that's very, very true. So yeah, Tony, how can people connect with you? And is there any specific things you're working on right now you mentioned the journal i know you have a facebook group i don't know kind of what would be best suited for this but how can people follow what you're doing well thank you first and foremost for the opportunity to be a guest on your show i'm humbled and grateful the the best ways people can reach out is find the platform or medium that best works for you right i I host a show called be fulfilled i have a facebook group called be fulfilled I can give you a URL called thebefulfilledlife.com and that'll get you right into our Facebook group. And if it's something that you want, we support men and women. Don't care where you're from. Don't care how much you make. I care that you have a human heartbeat and you're actually up for wanting to do good in the world. That's what my really, uh, my only kind of premise for getting you into the group is. And then how can we support you on your mission? Um, the podcast is the real stories behind success. It's kind of like what you're doing, Josh. We're digging a little deeper than just the surface stuff. Remove money for a moment. That's what my focus is on. And then helping people to go up success mountain. And I'm your Sherpa to get you up. And then you become the Sherpa on the way down. Um, my my website is just TonyGrebmeyer.com. Um, and I run a company called Ship Offers. You can go to any of those platforms and you can get directly connected with me. Um, I'm available. Like I said, my, my access is public. What I do is public. Um, if you see me out in the streets, you become my best friend really, really quick. So get ready for that. Cause oh, I love yes. people. That's true. And, and I you're love, seven I foot love two. helping people. You're also seven foot nine. I said you're sure. ginormous compared to me. But. I passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Manute Bowl in the last 20 minutes of this interview. So thank you. <laughs> you're awesome, Tony. I appreciate our friendship and you know, the weird part, and I'll just say this for the benefit of the audience, but Tony, like, I met Tony when Sen Jim was just, we hadn't even done seven figures. Like I was super freaked out still. We were doing just a few, like I hadn't figured a lot of stuff out and I still haven't at all, but he didn't care. And I met him and he just kept talking to me and he would text me and he'd text me on my birthday, even though I didn't even know he knew my birthday. He, Tony for the last two years has been in real life exactly how he's just represented himself on this show to you guys. I want you to know that. I want you to reach out and connect to him. I want you to follow his stuff. It's always in the same line and the same train of thought as what we talked about here. And it's really, really important. So we cannot get stuck on the roller coaster and get back in uh, the line of life, as Tony called it. And I, I scribbled down the URL, Tony, the be fulfilled. Was it group? Com? No, just BeFulfilledLife.com. BeFulfilledLife.com. And uh, you're awesome. Group hug, fist bump, high five. I love you, buddy. I can't wait to show you something off screen. So we're going to wrap this up and then I got to show you something. I'm going to unbox it with you together because it's about you. <laughs> okay, I'm going to end it right now. Take care, everybody. God bless. Hey, everyone. So after I uh, disconnected the interview with Tony, he showed me a really cool thing, and you're probably wondering what he showed me. Well, actually, it was a picture of me and him that he had made into a little frame to put on the wall of his office. And it's really cool. His whole wall of his office is pictures of him with people that he's connected to, people that are like-minded, people that he cares about, people that care about him. And he uses that as a reminder every day of himself being focused on contribution, 
I just thought that was fascinating. I had to hop back in here and actually add this to the end of the podcast so that you had context and knew that. What a cool idea. And there's been many times, like one of my big driving forces is helping orphans and orphanages. And I have never actually executed on this. And it drives me crazy because what I've always planned on doing was lining the walls of my office with pictures of orphans. And that might sound weird to you, but you got to understand like, that's where the fire in my belly comes from is feeding these kids, preaching the gospel to them, like loving them, giving them food, like just loving them. Right. And I'm not the guy that can go in the jungle and like feed the baby in the jungle for six months. I'm just not built that way, but I want to buy the bottle and the food. I want to build the building. I want to finance the people on the airplanes to go down there and I think I'm going to do that. And Tony inspired me today. So whatever your why is, your mountaintop, whatever the reason behind the reason is why you work so hard and do what you do, get focused on that again. And if you if you forget often to be focused on that, follow someone like Tony and he'll remind you. I promise he will remind you. And uh, when I... I want you guys to hold me accountable to put pictures of orphans in my office because that's going to be epic. I want to see that every day because at the end of the day, as hard as business is for me and for you, that is why I'm getting out of bed. That is one of my very clear purposes and functions in life is to is to be a giver, a radical, generous giver, and to build and finance those things because they need the business people to generate the revenue to build the thing, and I need them to sit in the thing and feed the orphan that's forgotten about. What is your thing? Go find it. Take care. God bless. Hey, thanks for hanging out, friends. And from all of us here at the Quick Talk Podcast team, we hope you love today's show. We hope that you were inspired to become a doer and not just a listener. Apply what you've heard today in your own business and watch things change for the better. Lastly, remember that all the money in the world can't save your soul. Seek first the kingdom of God, my friends. We'll see you next time. For more information about the Quick Talk Podcast or Joshua's other businesses, visit our website, quicktalkpodcast.com. Have a blessed day.